It's just so exciting to be here with you this morning and to be able to share God's Word. We're going we're gonna to be reading out of Luke 1, if you have your own Bibles with you. It'll be on the screen if you need it. And the reason that I have the opportunity to be here and teach this morning is because Pastor David thought maybe, you know, this, he might be with his wife who's, you know, making noise and delivering a baby and all that stuff that happens, like, right about now. Guess what? He's here today. Awesome, right? Awesome for one of them. <laughs> but no, we just continue to pray blessing for them as they await that exciting day of the birth. You know, and, and we are just on the verge of celebrating that birth. The birth that was beyond all births. The gifts that is beyond all gifts. Now, if, I hope you're ready for Christmas. And if I just mentioned that idea, you probably have mixed feelings. Some of you are going, yeah, baby, bring it on. I'm excited. Christmas is here. Some of you just got, went into an anxiety attack a little bit, like, you know, thinking about the gifts and the whatever's happening. And for, it's a, Christmas is a, is a, is a, it's a holiday. It's, a, it's an amazing time. But my hope this morning is that as we just kind of drink in God's word, we begin to really bask in what Christmas is about. Really bask in what this amazing gift is that God has given us. So would you pray with me as we hear God's word this morning? Holy Spirit, come and be our guide. Take the words of this text, which are living and true, and Lord, cause them to well up within us. Help us to receive what you have to say to us this morning. Some will hear one thing, some will hear another. But Lord, help us to become one in hearing the truth that you have come, Emmanuel, God with us. Help us to, help us to respond, help us to be changed this morning by the truth of your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit, Father, God, and Jesus for being here in our very midst as we hear your word. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to kind of really read. I'm just going to give you the roadmap here. I'm going to read the whole passage. Two pericopes are two, two stories that are together because I think God wants us to see some, some contrast between the way that two people in these stories responded. And so we're going to read all of the passage together. And if you do better by seeing it and reading it, do that. If you do better by just listening and taking the whole thing in, do that. Then I'm going to go back through it and make some comment on it before I give you some points. Okay? Agreeable? So Luke chapter 1, starting with verse 5. And it's, uh, it's a story of the birth of John the Baptist and the birth, of, of course, of Jesus Christ. In the time of Herod, king of Judah, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well along in years. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was which was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go to the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. 
Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit from birth. Many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God. In the spirit of power and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I am an old man, and my wife is well along in years. The angel answered, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at the proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. And in the sixth month, God sent an angel, the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of the father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Then Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she, who is said to be barren, is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. Is that cool? An angel comes, the angel Gabriel comes, the same angel comes to two people. And, you know, the angel, holy angel thing, if any of you guys thought much about angels, and we don't, we don't often talk about angels because I don't, how many of you have seen an angel? No, okay. My grandma thought she saw an angel. Do they have wings? What is the deal with the angels? I mean, some, they, they, they picture them with wings. They're amazing creatures. You all know that the angels are not human beings, Right? You all know that we don't die and become angels, right? You ever heard that in songs? No. We don't get wings when we go to heaven, folks. The same angel, it's only three angels named in Scripture. Michael, the archangel. Uh, Lucifer, the one who, re- who rebelled and took a bunch of angels with him and rebelled against God and still rebelling against God. And, of course, then Gabriel. 
how would you respond if you saw an angel, I wonder? This morning, we're going to consider the responses a little bit of these two uh, people that God came to. Um, Verse 6, both of them were righteous in the sight of God. Now we're talking about Zach and, and Elizabeth. Zach and Lizzie. We have a Zach and Lizzie in our family. And they were not able to conceive. Now, the Scripture says because she was barren. But by now, they're both old. They're, it would be a miracle for them to conceive, and they know it. What do we know about these people? We know that they were obedient, faithful, dutiful people. They were called of God. They were born into the, into the priestly family. He was a priest. He was on duty that day. He was, it was, they, they drew lots, so kind of like rolling the dice. It's your turn. You go in. You light the candle of the incense, and the people were gathered waiting for him, and he's in there doing his duty. And he's been doing his duty following the Lord, obeying the Lord. In fact, it's not their own righteousness. They don't claim they're righteous. God says they're righteous people. They've been obeying the law. Perfectly, no. Do any of us obey the law perfectly? No, we can't. But he was a faithful guy, and he's in there burning his incense. And like you and I, perhaps Zach and Lizzie were both joyful in their service, but sad in their waiting. Can you imagine Elizabeth growing old, longing to have a child? It says here that good, that I've, been found, I've found favor with God, and I will no longer be a disgrace. Why would she be a disgrace? I mean, what's so disgraceful with not having a baby? Just imagine her longing year after year, seeing her friends having children, raising children who are raising grandchildren, and, and, she's not, and at, at, at a certain age, she's going, well, I guess God hasn't heard my prayers. I guess... I guess I'd, I will be barren, and we won't have any children. They were born into the same difficult, sinful, burdened-down world that you and I have been born into. And if we're real, if we're honest, this Christmas season, for some of us, can be a little difficult. I mean, there, we've been waiting on God for some miracles, and we're still waiting, and we're still praying. And we believe we're faithful. We believe we're following Christ, and we are. Maybe we're waiting like Zach and Lizzie were in their faithful, dutiful pain. Maybe I've been reading my birthday psalm. Remember when Pastor David said our birthday psalm? I'll tell you, I guess you'll know my age. Psalm 51, where, where David and Goliath, or David, uh, and he's, he's failed with Bathsheba, and now he's waiting on the Lord, and he's, he's wanting to be restored. And he cries out to the Lord, Restore to me the joy of my salvation and renew a right spirit within me. And we know the rest of the story. We know that, that God forgave David, and he, and he was a man after God's own heart. And he went on to do amazing things. Because why? Because God came to him and restored him. But he waited on God. He, he struggled with, in, his, in his difficulties. You want to hear something really cool? Verse 11, when the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense, when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. And the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will call him John. Right there are the three names, Elizabeth, Zechariah, and John. Elizabeth, or Zechariah means God remembers. 
Elizabeth means covenant, and John means God is gracious. So right there, even in their names, is God's coming and God's giving a gift of grace to them. Verse 14, he will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is to never take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he was born. So, so he's going to take this vow, this Nazarite vow, a priestly Nazarite vow. And we know John the Baptist later on, as we read about him, he, his hair is long because he, he doesn't, never cuts it because he's taken this vow. He's wearing camel, camel clothing, camel hair, which I don't, you know, um, sandals, and he's, and he's eating locusts. I mean, he's a weird dude. And yet, he's doing this because the Holy Spirit is upon him from birth because God's got a message and God wants to use him. And he's been predicted in Scripture that he'll become in the power of Elijah. Elijah was a prophet who, who had given warnings to Israel to repent. And so, so John the Baptist comes in the same power as Elijah calling people to repent. And people were coming to him and they were being baptized in the water and repenting and, be, and being forgiven of their sin. And so this, um, this angel is giving Zechariah this amazing news that there's going to be a son born to you and he is going to be uh, a powerful man in God's kingdom. And Zechariah asks the angel this question, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. If I'm Gabriel, I'm standing here going, what, dude? You see angels every day? <laughs> I just came through the wall. I just appeared to you, wings or no wings. I, I mean, he, he's glowing with the very presence of God. He's, Zachariah is cowering in the corner going, what is going on? Seeing an angel, he, Zachariah is freaking out. I think this is one of the funniest scriptures. I mean, it's, how will I know this will be true? <laughs> An angel just told you, man. And so, because of this, the angel explains to him. I think the angel is very kind. I think the angel is, I would have had a few choice words for him if I was an angel. But the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I've been sent to speak to you and to tell you the good news. And now you will be silent and unable to speak. And so when he came out, now we're down into verse 21, he came out and he could not speak to them. And the people looked at him and he's signing and, and trying to explain what happened. I don't know if he took American Sign Language, you know, in school or not, he prob- but they saw him and they knew something had happened. They knew that he had seen a vision. And, and I, but, I, but I'm pondering, why would the angel silence him? He's a righteous man. Did he do something wrong? Was, he, was there a lack of faith there? I mean, look, look, at the, look, at the, look at Thomas. Remember later on in Scripture where Jesus had risen from the dead and, and, and he was knocking on the door and Thomas was going, ah, can't be Jesus. I don't believe it. Not until I see the, you know, the, the scars. Push! Jesus comes and just whacks him down and kicks him and throws him to hell. No. Jesus comes to him. Again, just like... Zach, just like God is coming to Zach, and Jesus shows him and says, it's all right, brother. I mean, I, I'm, some of you don't believe unless you see it. Well, Zach was struggling with some doubt. 
So was Zach being punished, and that's why he was being silenced? Or do we have something to learn about the way God loves his children? God disciplines those he loves. Maybe Zach needed a time out, right? <laughs> Maybe Zach needed to, to get over himself and his duty and his faithfulness and, and just listen and just be quiet before the Lord for a while. You know, Zach was in the same spot that Abraham was when God came to Abraham and said, you will bear a child. Well, I'm, I'm old. How can, I, how can that happen? Romans 4.19 reports about him, though. Paul says that he did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead because he was about 100 years old. Or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb, she was old. No distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith, giving glory to God. Zechariah did not waver in unbelief. So I think Luke intends for us, and we're going to look at the Mary passage now, to, to wrestle with the, the contrast, right? Uh, Zach kind of stumbled in, in his doubt for a minute there, and God wanted to show him some things. Mary had a different respond, a different response. Perhaps Zach is a little like Job. Do you guys know the story of Job? So Satan comes to God and says, Job will never follow you, man. He's so blessed. He's rich. He's, he's just got everything in life, a wonderful family. And God lets him, tempt, lets him test Job. Job is losing it all, you know, the death, sickness. He's on, he's on the verge of death. His friends are saying, man, if you weren't such a lousy sinner, God wouldn't be doing this to you. You know, his wife says, why don't you just give up on God and die, you old man? I mean, he was at the brink. And he wrestled with his friends, and he, he defended himself. And he says, I'm a righteous man. I follow God. And, and he, he wrestled, and he had many things to say, lots of good things. And in the end, God comes to him and, and says, hey, did you create the world? I mean, I'm paraphrasing this. Did you create the world, Job? You know what he, he says at the end? Job says, hmm, I uttered many things I did not understand. And then later he says, you make known to me, now my eyes see. Guess what? Job needed to time out. Job needed to silence his mouth. Job needed to just be quiet and listen to the Lord. And this is Zach, this is Zach for us today. When his time of service was finished, he returned home, and then his wife, that the Lord has done this for me, they recognize that God has blessed them with this child. I don't think they have any clue, or not much of a clue, of just how great this was, really was, what John would do and what Jesus would do. But then we go on and we think about Mary. Mary is a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. You can misunderstand that descendant of David. They were both descendant of David, and literally the scripture was fulfilled in this promise that a virgin, and she had never slept with her fiancé, they literally, she, she was a virgin, and at that moment of the angel telling her this, what do you think her thoughts were? I wonder if she, her mind was racing. Oh, no. I'm going to have a baby. Is, is this going to be, what, what are people going to think? Will my husband leave me, assuming that, I'm, that I was with somebody else? Will he trust the Lord? I can just imagine the, her, her feelings there. Mary was also born into a, into a high family, but she lived 
we, we, can, we think of Mary as a very humble person, and I do too, because she was from an outlying town. I mean, she was, she was from Nazareth. Remember later on, and, and the Jews were teasing him, who? Nazareth? What good things come out of Nazareth? <laughs> They're not from Jerusalem. It's kind of like the way I feel. When I go drive down to Bellevue, Oh, I shouldn't have worn my plaid shirt down here. I should have put some dress shoes on, you know. I feel, feel more comfortable when I drive back into Skagit Valley. Ah, come down out of Seattle, I'm home. Well, she was from a lower place. She was a humble person. She was from low birth, if you will. And when the angel comes to her, let's hear her response here. Mary was greatly troubled. That word... Um, troubled is like frozen, like unable to speak, like bewildered. And I could just imagine her mind racing on these things. Me? Why me? Are you kidding me? How can this be? I'm a virgin. Reminds me of Moses. Old Testament, God comes to Moses and says, hey, well, first of all, just like the angel, where you'd think you'd believe it because it comes from an angel, Moses is seeing a burning bush. And God comes to him in the burning bush and says, Moses, I have a job for you. I want you to go and call my people out. And he's like, no, how can this be? I, I, stu- I stutter. I am not a good leader. I can't do this job that you've asked me to do. Moses, it's God in a burning bush. Can God do what he's telling you to do? You see... We all, that moment that God comes to us and brings us this amazing gift, this amazing blessing that he wants to give us, we stumble. We have a hard time understanding that it's really God. But the angel came to her and said, Mary, don't be afraid. You have found favor with God. Doesn't say because you are a perfect person doesn't say because you've gotten it all perfect and right. doesn't say because you're of high birth coming out of Jerusalem and, and everybody's going to know that the King of kings and the Lord of lords comes through you because, you're a, because of who you are. He said, no. For some strange reason, God wants to give you favor. God wants to just bless you and bring the king of the universe into your womb. The one who created the world. How will this be since I'm a virgin? Here's the answer from, from, uh, from the angel. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. In, I'm in verse 36. And she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. Okay, so there's a miracle over here. Tell you about that. For no word from God will ever fail. No word from God can ever fail. Do you see the similarity between Zach and and Mary? It's really not about them. Folks, it's really not about us. It's about what God in his amazing love for you and for I and for this entire world, that he would come. He keeps coming again and again with his discipline, with his love, with his mercy, with his grace. He came, he came to those in the Old Testament. He comes in Christ, and he's here. And we're going to see in, my, in a minute how he comes. 
God came to two different people who were both startled and afraid of this messenger. They were both puzzled by their circumstances, which to them appeared dark and difficult, to be blessed by God, given this gift. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. God with us, the word Emmanuel. A few things we learn from this miracle and this gift that was promised to them and has been given to us. How and where does it come from? Sometimes it comes in our dutiful pain, right? Those of you that have been walking with the Lord for a while or even just come to the Lord, you know what pain is. You know that there's difficulty. In this world, there will be difficulty. And yet, have you walked away from Christ? Has Christ left you? I dare to say that in your dutiful, painful silence, you might find Christ in a deeper way. Those of you that have been through losses know what I'm talking about. Whether it's a loss of a loved one or, or an animal or a, or a spouse or a, even wrecking your car, letting your car go in a pond, right, Colton? Oh, sorry, I told on you, dude. Maybe somebody will give you a car from here. I don't know. Dude, there are, there are painful moments in our life. Whether you're young or old, you know about that, right? Do you ever doubt God's promises? Do you ever doubt that it's for you? Ever feel like you're waiting and waiting and waiting? <laughs> Good. Some of you being honest, it's true. Wondering if he's hearing your prayer? God has heard your prayer, my friend. I dare to say that you wouldn't be here listening to the word of God if God hasn't already gone ahead, planted his seed into your life. The Holy Spirit is the one that has given you the gift of faith. The Holy Spirit is the one who even makes you willing to sit in that blue chair or gray chair. You may think it's your parents dragging you to church, kids, but no, God, God is working in you. God has called you. God has given you this amazing gift and it's better than any gift under the tree. So sometimes it's in our dutiful pain. Sometimes it's in our faithful humility. So dutiful pain, obviously, is Ezekiel. And Mary is her faithful humility. Do you ever think that you know how God will do it? You know how God will get it done? Have you ever prayed a prayer like I have where you kind of give God the plan of how to, how to take care of this church or give God the plan of how to take care of your kid or your whatever? I mean, sometimes we have it all figured out. In our humility, we say, God, may it be as you've spoken. That is a powerful. Her response to me is so powerful. When her saying that to the angel was, may it be unto me as you've spoken, may it be regardless of whether my husband stays with me, may it be whether the whole... Though all the culture despises me and rejects me, I'll trust you, God. That is amazing to me. Do you ever think that you know how God should do it? How about just saying, Lord, I'm your servant. Whatever you want to do, I'm okay with that. It's in the surrender to his plan that we receive the gift. Do you, do you see that? He's already given the gift. It's there for you. But it's when you say, I'll take it. I got this fantastic cell phone. Would you like that? <laughs> Doesn't want my cell phone? Fine. You want my cell phone? <sighs> See, I can't even give a gift away. I don't want Just, <laughs> she want, there's no bill. It's cheap. Okay, so 
can you have 50 bucks for that? (laughs) First of all, he had to reach up to receive the gift. Second of all, if I asked him for something, it would not be a gift. A gift is a gift. What can you do? That's the thing about the human, the human, um, human frailty we live in is we think we want to do something. We think we ought to do something to receive the gift. All we can do is receive it and surrender to God's love. It's just this amazing, it's amazing dichotomy. God continues to come into, into the humble of this world. Those who admit that they don't have it all together. You can admit, I don't have it together, I'm screwing up, but I still want to receive the gift of Christ, and you can walk another day with him. It's amazing, amazing grace. All right, so if it comes in our painful waiting, and if it comes in our humility, how can I hear it when it comes? I mean, for crying out loud, these two had Gabriel, right? What about us? What do we have? I don't know. What do we have? How, what do we have where we could hear the very words of God? Oh, and we also have the Holy Spirit who, who takes this and brings this alive. God is speaking to us. God is calling us. The question is, can we hear it? Uh, what can you do to guarantee that you hear it, the good news, and you never miss it? Well, the good news is there's not much you can do. I'm going to give you a few, a few little ideas, though. It's because, and this just limit, I just want to say, I want to preface this. This isn't the guarantee to hear God's word and receive God's gift. But God has already come to you. He's initiated, and he keeps initiating. Have you ever experienced that? Regardless of where I'm at in my life, he just keeps coming with his grace, with his little voice, with people in my life, you name it. But there's a few things we can do, which is to position ourselves in a way that we can receive that gift and hear his voice. Number one, we have to recognize that it comes as a miracle. Just like the parting of the Red Seas for the Israelites where they went through, just like the virgin birth, just like Jesus who turned the water into wine, his coming is a miracle. His loving you is a miracle. God in flesh, Jesus Christ coming into this world he predestined you. He, he knew about you before you were even born, and he loves you then. God's not bound by time like you and I. Like maybe I chose him back when I was in seventh grade. Well, maybe he knew you before you were born, and he's called you to this gift of grace. God chose to enter our sinful world, our painful life, our difficulties, and give us a real miracle, and it's a gift comes to us, number two, as the very word of God. Just as God breathed the creation of the universe. Remember John 1 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and God create, he created all things. That was Jesus Christ, the word made flesh for us. So the career, very creator of the universe came into this messy place, and he gave us the prophets, and who told the good news of his coming. He gave us Jesus himself, the word of God. So he gave us his word. He gave us this this story that can come to us again and again and remind us. Have you ever opened up the scripture 
My boss Robin is here, and he was telling me about how he's in John. And then he came back a month later. He said, I'm still powering away in John. I mean, could, you could read the same book again and again and again, and it continues to bring new life. You see new things, new insights, new depths of just joy of what it means to you personally. Personally, he keeps coming to you. The trick is to be willing to quiet my mouth enough to open it and to hear it and to grow in it. So it comes to us as a miracle, God himself. It comes to us as the word of God, and it comes as the work of the Holy Spirit. And the reason I bring in the Holy Spirit, it was the Holy Spirit that sent the angel to these two people. It was the Holy Spirit who would come into the womb of each woman and bring that miracle birth. It was the Holy Spirit who came upon the prophets. And in those days, the prophet would speak the word of God to the people, and they would write. And then the Holy Spirit would leave the prophet. And the Holy Spirit would come upon a prophet again and speak for a while and then leave the prophet. And then the Holy Spirit came upon this man, John, and he would say, repent, the kingdom of heaven is near, and Jesus is coming. And then the Holy Spirit would also come upon Jesus when he was baptized. And then the Holy Spirit came upon the church as they waited in silence up in the upper room. And then they were filled with the Holy Spirit. So God himself, the gift of the Holy Spirit is that give, that giving over and coming and coming and coming again. And you know what? The Holy Spirit keeps coming to us today, to his flawed people. He keeps coming. He keeps coming to comfort us, to teach us, and to remind us of the gift of Jesus Christ. So we're just about finished here, but I just want to remind us that the Word of God, the gift, the Messiah, comes to us in the most impossible of circumstances your life and my life, and then brings us hope where there is no hope, light where there is darkness. So in contrast to the, to the priests who would come into the temple and burn the incense again and cut the animal again for the sacrifice and come again and again as a symbol that we need a Savior, that we can't follow the law, that we keep breaking the laws, and so we do the sacrifice again, and then we come in and we burn incense again and again. We don't come to church today. The sacrifice has already been given. We come to celebrate the gift. That is an amazing gift that we have in the days that we live, right? So, no magic formula. Humility of faith. Um, Humility of faith, service, and silence. I'm just going to bring those to us a minute. Kyla was telling me a a little story you know what it's like to be? Do you remember when you were a baby in the car seat of your car? Do you remember what it was like when you sat in that car seat all strapped in and you just sat there and, and your mom put a camera in the dashboard and you sang along to the songs? You've all seen the YouTube videos of those hilarious kids sitting in the car seat singing the song. Do you remember as a kid worrying about whether your mom would take a wrong turn? Do you remember in a kid worrying, oh, mom's speeding, we might get in an accident? Do you remember worrying that maybe, maybe uh, the, the tires in the car were not inflated properly and, and you go careening off into a ditch and become dead? <laughs> become dead, that's really good English. No, you don't. 
When you were a baby sitting in the car seat, you just, you trusted. You were good. You were taken care of. You were humble. You were, that's why Jesus says, come with a childlike faith. And then place ourselves in a position of humility, obviously, but of service. Don't, don't think that you've got to get it all together before you can jump onto one of the teams in the church. Zachariah was faithfully serving, waiting in his pain, wondering if God had, had cursed him, you know, that he wasn't having a baby, wondering what was going on. So don't be stuck thinking that, that you can't serve Christ. You can serve Christ now. And then the silence part. Zach was silenced because of a disbelief. But here's the big thing. Obeying the law isn't the same as true belief, folks. You, don't, you can't obey the law. We will grow in that. But just be silent. Have you ever prayed the Lord's Prayer? It's in it. Jesus told us how to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. If you look at that passage, it's a lot about, it's not about me so much. It's about God, right? I think many of us pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who how art in heaven, gimme, 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 gimme. <laughs> Sometimes in our silence, we just need to, to hear our Father. So, folks, hey, the good news is that this gift comes in our daily routines of life. Your, every breath is a gift from God to you. Your work, your family, your friends, this body. I could go on and on. Another day of laundry, another day of doing dishes, another day of going and, and wrenching on the cars at work or whatever. I mean, God comes to you in your everyday routine of life. The real question is, have you received the gift? Will you receive the gift? Paul Tripp says it this way, and I think it's just so powerful. The gift is the giver. We look at gifts under the tree, and they're things. They're things. It's stuff. But the real gift is the giver, Jesus Christ. The real question is, is will we say, how can it be? It doesn't make sense. How can this be to me? Or will we say, may it be unto me, Lord, as you've spoken. I'm here. I'm willing. I'll take the gift. Annie Smith put it really well, I think, when she said this, that faith is the audacity to believe that God's promise actually applies to us. It applies to you and to me, that gift. Let's receive it. Would you pray with me? Father, it is an audacious, bodacious, amazing thing that you would come to us and you would come to us again and again and again and you still come to us. It's a gift we cannot fathom. Help us to receive it another day. And if there's anyone in this room, Lord Jesus, who hasn't taken that step to say, Lord Jesus, I'll be your follower. Lord Jesus, I will receive the gift of eternal life. I'll receive the death and the resurrection and the, and the, and the forgiveness of my sins. And I pray, Lord, that this morning they will just uh, mark this day and say, Lord Jesus, come in and forgive me.
and that they will maybe mark it on a response card and say, I've accepted Christ today, and I want to follow him. Church, give me tools to do it. Wrap your arms around me and let's do it. Lord, I want to be baptized. Lord, I want to follow you. And Lord, this Christmas season, as we, as we give gifts and receive gifts, as we wrestle with, uh, with all of life, Lord, help us to remember that the gift is really in you, the giver. You're the giver. Thank you for loving us so much. In Jesus' name, amen.